Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. This morning, I'm excited uh, to hear the word of God. I'm actually not going to be preaching this morning. We have a, a special guest speaker, anointed man of God, uh, someone that I I love and admire and respect, and and uh, I've I've seen him, I've seen him grow. Uh, and every time I say the word "grow," I know that you're thinking fat joke, and I'm not. Okay, uh, <laughs> hey, it's his words, his his words. But uh, he's he's grown so much in the ministry, and he's hungry for for God, and um, I, I'm glad that he is. He and, and Pastor Damaris are serving as a as associate uh, English pastors, and and so Pastor Brandon is going to be bringing the word this morning. Help me welcome Pastor B this morning. Hey man, I don't know who that guy was talking about. I'm just kidding. Hey man, how you doing this morning? Yeah, y'all all right, I guess. That's right. There we go. Who was that? My boy. All right. Well, it's good to be in the house of God, and it's, uh, it's good to be up here preaching. Uh, first off, i got to thank you for Pastor Ryan for allowing me to speak uh, today. I believe God has a, a word for his people today. Amen? And uh, I'm going to do my best to deliver it to you guys as uh, I first received it and had to digest it. Amen? So, first off, as Pastor Ryan already mentioned, it is the 4th of July. It is Independence Day. Uh, Today we celebrate Independence Day, July 4th, 1776, many, many, many years ago. It's not too many because when you come to Christians, we got a lot more years to go than that, right? Um, but uh, the colonial states separated themselves from um, Great Britain. They said, you know what, it's, we're done. We're tired of you. You're tyranny, you know, ruling over us. So they said, we're going to separate ourselves. So now we get to celebrate, have the day off, barbecue, you know, fireworks, all because of what they did so many years ago, amen? So, today is going to be a little different, right? Um, I was struggling. I was, I was uh, Pastor Ryan got with me, said, hey, look, I want you to, you know, can you preach? I said, absolutely. All right? I said, no, no problem. We got it. I tried to throw my wife in there, but she threw me there first. <laughs> but I said, uh, you know what? Amen. Praise God. I'm going to do it. So, thank you. But I always, man, God just loves to play with me. Because I start thinking about, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go this way. I said, all right. <laughs> God's like, yeah, sure, go ahead. And I said, all right. So I started working on it, started preparing, started looking into what I wanted to do, or really what he wanted me to do. And then I shifted another direction. He's like, no, but look at this. And it looks so much better than what I had. Come to find out, it kind of all came full circle. So, introductions. Very difficult to do if you ever, if you ever prepare to preaching. All right, I want to give you... Oh, I don't know if I gave it to him. Do you have my, uh, my dad? No. He looked up. He looked up like, yeah, I got you. And, uh. So my title is Faith Over Doubt. Amen? Faith Over Doubt. And you can go faith over doubt, faith over fear, faith over anxiety, faith over depression. You fill in the blank. It's faith over it all. Faith over everything is what I should have named it, huh? But uh, my introduction today, I'm going to be talking to you, talking to you about the Israelites. And how they uh, how they come out of uh, they come out of Egypt, and uh, they're they're in slavery for 400 years. God goes God calls Moses to the burning bush, 
right? You're on holy ground. Go and protect, you know, you know uh, remove my people from Egypt under slavery. Go through a whole bunch of stuff there. They come out. They cross on dry land. God says, I'm going to give them the promised land, right? And uh, whenever we look at the Israelites, we're always so hard on the way they were. Amen? We're always like, man, the way they respond to situations and circumstances, it's like they brought it all on themselves. It's like, man, manna, you ever give them manna, you got a cloud by day, a fire by night. I mean, they're literally walking with God, you know, he's leading them. So it's, it's awkward and it's like, man, how do they struggle so much to continue following God? And I don't understand it. So where we get to now is where they're going to enter the promised land. Not, not, oh, I'm sorry. We're getting to the point where they're going to start trying to get into the promised land. And that's where they're going to send the spies into the, the land of Canaan. And they're going to, that's what we're going to pick up. All right? So they come out of Egypt. They cross through. They're going to the promised land. Before they get there, that's what we're going to pick up. Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word. I ask, my God, that you, uh, you utilize me. I know that I've prepared in every way, my God, to, to, uh, to get this word. I first had to digest it and process process it. I pray that you uh, anoint me, Father, and the words that come out, they come out and they give truth, my God. They, uh, they, they bring conviction. They bring understanding. They bring clarity, Father. In your mighty son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Here we go. So... Following notes are tough for me. I'm not going to lie to you. Every time I try to put something on paper, it just does not work out properly. It's like, come on, God. You got it in my brain. But, you know, and if I come up here, we're like, all right, God, you got me. And it's like, hey, you should have prepared. So it's, it's like, a, it's, man, Pastor Ryan hit it with teaching. It's a love-hate relationship. Amen. All right. So what we're picking up is going to be my point number one is follow God's instructions. And if you could turn to Numbers uh, 13, verse 2, we're going to start there. So, as I said earlier, I, I don't have a specific verse because I'm going to kind of jump through multitude of verses because what's going to take place doesn't simply ha- happen in one location. It's going to happen over a mix of different uh, verses. So, Numbers 13, verse 2, and I'll read it out to you, but if you're taking notes, you can, you can go from there, right? So, follow God's instruction. God instructs Moses to send spies into Canaan. Numbers 13, verse 2 says, send out for yourself men so they may spy out the land of Canaan, which I am going to give to the sons of Israel. You shall send a man from each of their father's tribes, every one a leader among them. Simple instructions, right? Very simple. Send a spy into the land for the, the land that I'm going to give the sons of Israel. A little bit further down, Numbers 13, 17 through 20, this is what Moses does. Moses says... Uh, it says number, verse number 17 says, when Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, he said to them, go up into the, uh, into the Negev, then go up into the hill country. See what the land is up there into the, I'm sorry, like, and whether the people who live in it are strong or weak, whether they are few or many. How is the land in which they live? Is it good or bad? And how are the cities in which they live? Are they like open camps or with fortifications? How is the land? Is it fat or lean? Are there trees in it or not? Make an effort then to get some of the fruit on the land of the land. Now the time was a time of the first ripe grapes. So hold on. Verse number two simply said, send them into the land to spy, or send them to spy on the land. Moses has three verses of what he sent them and how he instructed them to do. So somewhere we missed the point of what God said. 
and what, how Mo, Mo, you know the instruction that God gave, and now we have the instruction that Moses gave. There's a big difference, isn't there? Right? So you don't have to turn to it, but in Deuteronomy 1, verse 21 to 22, it actually shows that he actually was instructed by the people or influenced by the people to actually uh, to check on those things. And it reads, see, the Lord your God has placed the land before you. You go up, take possession as the Lord, the God of your fathers has spoken to you. That's what God said, right? Do not fear or be dismayed. Verse 22 says, then all you approached me and said, let us send men before us that they may search out the land for us and bring back us the word of the way by which we should go up and the cities we shall enter. The, uh, the thing pleased me, and I took 12 of your men, one of each tribe. That's Moses. So instruction is important. God says, send them into the land to spy it out. Moses says, go do it, check this, check that, check a bunch of other things that I didn't tell you to check, Right? And then we go to first Deuteronomy 1, and then it shows that they influenced what he wanted to do. They influenced the instruction he gave. Right? So we're there. So here we go. It seems that Moses was influenced by the crowd and added to the instruction that God was given. Now, I gave the Israelites a hard time. Believe me, I do. I said that earlier. They're always complaining. And as my sister-in-law says, they're drama llamas. Right, they drama. They're so dramatic. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Just we should have just stayed in Egypt and died. That's that's not that's that's I'm paraphrasing, but that's literally what they say, right? But if I could be real for one moment, when God gives us instructions to do something, this is a toe stepper, right? What do we do? Oh, God is is that really you, God? If it's you, tell my mom. And her sister to tell me that way I know it's you. Hey, y'all laughing because I'm in line, line. We do that, right? Hold on, God. If that's you, I need you to confirm. Like, hold on. God's like, excuse me? You need me to confirm what I am already telling you to do. All right. So we get that, right? So now also, this is another. We should not have trouble understanding God's voice. If, if Jesus is our shepherd, should we not know his voice? When we hear his word, should we not know that it is his word? So when you say, oh, I don't know if it was God, what you're really saying is, I really don't know God that well. Ugh. So you got to be careful, right? It's power in the tongue. So when you say something, make sure you know what you're saying. If you don't know, I got a question. Uh, how do you know God? Amen. So, so like I said, we give them a lot of, a lot of slack for what they were and how they were. But here we are, reading their, reading their stories, reading who they were, how they were, and here we are following the same steps. Not to the T, but so to speak, right? So that's tough. So, um, you know what would kill me the most, though? Why I want to go back to Egypt? Why? It's freedom. Slavery. Very simple, Right? Very simple. But let me give it to you like this. Egypt, there were slaves. They were going to be slaves. But guess what? It was a routine. You get up, you drink, you eat, you go to work, you eat, you come back, you drink. Routine, systematic. Don't miss a day. Maybe get a whip here and there, whatever the case may be, not pulling your slack. 
That's slavery. But when you go to freedom, right, what happens? Not only it's freedom, it's free. But guess what? Who's going to feed us? Who's going to provide for us? Where are we going to get water from? What if they come and attack us? So what I say to you is this. Freedom equals the unknown. And slavery equals the known. What are people most afraid of in life? The unknown. What we don't know. So we say, how dumb would they be to go back to slavery? But it's like, I got a meal three times a day. It's like people going to jail, right? I get three free meals. I got, a, I got a bed to myself. But the reality is, man, you lose freedom. You don't have the ability to be free. There's no more freedom. You're done. Right? So, Hebrews 11, 1, 2 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it men of old gained approval. Be careful because your doubt in God's instruction can and will keep you from your purpose and God's promises. I'll elaborate on that a little bit more later. So, just to be transparent for me. And when I was thinking of this, I thought, no, it's not going to bother me. Now that I'm saying it, it's already bothering me. So, my sister just passed away. She passed away. Man, I got a bad memory. It wasn't long ago, man. It was, was it May 26th. That's what I was thinking, but I was like, I don't think that was it. Right after my daughter's birthday, right? Young. I lost her. And um, we, had a, we had a men's gathering, and I said, you know what? I don't know if it was transparent. I'm sure it was, but something was just not right. I wasn't clicking at full potential. I was teaching. I don't preach all the time, you know, but when I, you know, as I prepared this, I still felt it. I felt like something just wasn't clicking right. We had a men's group, and I said, hey, man, pray for me. They're like, for what? I said, man, I don't even know. All I know is that something is not clicking right. Even though through the whole time, I was like, you know what, God? Uh, I was in front of my family. Uh, I, I was like, I was putting praise music. I was putting worship music. I was honoring God because that's what I knew how to do. That's what I, that's what I wanted to do. I didn't do it to show face or to say face. I was like, no, I'm creating a place of atmosphere. My sister, this is going to be her time. She's going to go. It's going to be of a time of worship. Whether she's in a coma or coma, so however she is, there's going to be worship music. And I know her spirit will be able to hear. She could, whatever. And she did. She kind of moved around and stuff. So it was difficult, but I had faith that God was going was gonna to allow her to, to repent in her last days, or if she had already had, whatever the case may be, I knew God was going to honor my faithfulness to him. I knew he was going to be uh, faithful to our obedience, because I knew that's what needed to be done. So when you get into hard times, it's hard sometimes to follow God's instruction. It's hard to say, you know what, God, I'm going to be obedient to what you say, but Man, it's like the simple things. It's like if you keep to the, if you keep to, man, there's people over here too, I'm sorry. If you keep to the instruction, man, if you keep to his word, if you hold fast, if you stand firm in times of trials, I promise you, man, he will never let you down. He will always be there for you in those moments, amen? All right. So point number two, I went kind of old school with this, is reap what you sow. So what happens now? When the spies come back, so the spies have been sent out. The instruction was changed by, by Moses from the influence of the people, the Israelites. It was changed. So now they go into the land of Canaan, and now they're, he tells them specifically where to go, what to find, and now they're going to come back with the reports. So now we're going to see, reap what you sow. So the instruction was given wrong. Now they're coming back with their, their information. So that's where we're going to go. So 
verse, uh, it's going to be Numbers 13, 25 through 33. I'm going to kind of focus on the certain verses, but you can follow along. All right. So Moses instructed them to, to go, right? So verse 27 says, thus they told him and said, we went into the land where you sent us. Always awesome, right? Where you sent us. They're definitely shifting all on him, right? We went to the place where you t- sent us, and it certainly does flow with milk and honey, and it is its fruit. That response right there was exactly what God sent them in to do. That's what he sent them for. That's what he instructed Moses to send them in to do. The land, right? If everything right there, if we would have ended right there, we'd be good. If God was have gave the, the instruction the way, uh, if Moses would have gave the instruction the way God told him, it'd be there. We'd say, let's go. We're going to take over the land. It's not what happens. Verse 28. Anytime you see the word, nevertheless, that pretty much means despite all of that, everything that I just said, <laughs> despite all of that, let me continue. He says, or they say, the people are strong. Cities are fortified and large. Verse 31, we can't go up against the people because they're stronger. Verse 32, false report that the land devours its inhabitants, men of great stature. Verse 33, giants and we're like grasshoppers next to them. Wow. Y'all ready to go take over this land? That's pretty, uh, that's pretty good, right? I'm ready to go. Where are we going to go? Right? That's, that's a very bad report. That does not sit easy within me. That's, that puts fear inside of me. That puts doubt inside of me. That puts anxiety. Like, hold on. And what is their response? Man, I swear, if you read it, they go to the same thing. Why did he take us out of Egypt to die against these giants? It's crazy. He should have left us there. Let's get a leader and let us go back to Egypt. Maybe they'll take us back. But verse number 30, it reads, Only Caleb and his partner Joshua believed in God. Oh, I paraphrase. I'm sorry. Only uh, Joshua believed in God's instruction and promise, Caleb and Joshua. But that wasn't enough. So two people out of the 12 people that were sent from every tribe say, you know what? No, it's good. It's flowing with milk and honey. It's good. Let's go. Let's go take over. Let's go take it. God's got our back. We're going to do it. And then they started giving false reports. Oh, well, the, the, the land inhabits, or is going to take devour its inhabitants. Oh, we're like grasshoppers. Man, a grasshopper, grasshoppers are small. And then if we're like a grasshopper to a giant, I wouldn't want to go fight that either. You know, so that's that's pretty that's pretty scary. Right. So when you decide to follow God, you must find yourself, find you someone, a group or find yourself someone that will give you the truth. I said the truth. I don't mean their truth. What the Bible says. Hey, what does the word of God say? That's important because sometimes people will say the truth, but it ain't the truth. They'll give you a truth. Like, oh, man, that dress looks good on you. Right. Let's get it. Those pants don't make you look fat, bro. <laughs> They're loose, right? I said, this is the truth. Yeah, but it's not the truth. Like, bro, really, bro? <laughs> you know? But not none of the people here. Y'all look good. Y'all good. But I'm serious. Sometimes people will give you a truth, and it's not the truth. They'll tell you what they think is true, and that's not what I want to hear. Brother, if I go to Brother Mike, hey, bro, what's the truth? Hey, bro, I think, mm come on, give it to me. Tell me what you think, but tell me what's true. Because what I think and what's true are two different things. Amen? So get you a group or someone around you that's going to be that for you, right? So you must uh, trust what God says. You must hold on to his word no matter what the world says. Sometimes what other Christians say. (laughs) Yes, I did say other Christians. 
It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If they're not giving you the truth, I don't care if they're Christian, if they're the world, if they're a polka dot, whatever they are. If they're not telling you the truth, I don't care who you are. You need to make sure that you are able to identify with the truth. Amen? Not everyone beside you is going to help you. And sometimes you have served, they've served their purpose, purpose in your life. They're no longer there for you to, to grow. Pastor always says what? Get you a group where you ain't got no, 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 no Christian friends. If all your friends are Christians, well, man, maybe you need to reselect your group. Now, I'm not saying, hey, they're going to the bar. They're not Christians. Let me go with them. That's not what I'm saying. Hey, they're going over here. They're not all Christians. If you're going to go into those places and be the light, then, hey, I ain't stopping you, brother. You go do what you got to do. If you're going to go into there and have a stumbling block and you're not going to do what you're supposed to be doing, probably shouldn't go there. Right? So be careful. Hold on to God's promise. Even if no one around you, just like Caleb and Joshua did. Caleb and Joshua were the only ones that, that, that held to what, they, they believed God's instruction, they believed what God was saying, and guess what? They reaped what they sow, right? So a lot of times we look at this in a negative sense, and I, I looked this up, and like, that's pretty cool. But the reality is this, when they say reap what you sow, it's, uh, it's uh, your, our future consequences uh, are inevitably shared to, by our current actions. Bless you. But that could be a positive or a negative. It could be your, you could be obedient. The, the, the other ten people who, who the spies who went, they reap what they sow, right? They got what they got. But the two who obeyed and believed in God's instruction and did what they were supposed to do, they also reap what they sow, and they entered the promised land, right? So, what happens after the report? Right. First off, I want to talk about Moses for a second. Moses is a G. Like real talk. I was thinking, I probably shouldn't say that, but man, he really was. Hey, look, he put up with, man, he put up with the Israelites for a long time. You got to think about it, like, all the complaining, all the crying, all the drama. He goes up to get the, 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 the Ten Commandments on two tablets. They're building a gold calf. He comes down, and he still, like, he intercedes for these people. Like, God, don't destroy them. They're your people. You know, what are they going to say? Oh, you brought them out of Egypt. And look, you couldn't even get them to the promised land. Like several times, multiple times, he intercedes for these people. And I'm like, bro, why? Like, why? Even God's like, I, I like, really, I'm like, it's like Moses was, was kind of counseling God. Like, look, God, hold on, man. If you destroy them, bro, like, it's going to be bad. Your name's going to be kind of thrown in the dirt. And it's, he's like, oh, I could just raise you up, but new people that are awesome. He's like, no, it's got to be these. And it's like, man, that's, that's some authority, bro. If God, like, heeds your words and heeds your intercessory, that also gives you a, a testament to say, hey, bro, intercede for people, bro, because God hears when you go to your knees for people's needs, for people's uh, whatever, man, their finances, whatever it is, man, go to your knees for people because that's how we're to be known, man, by the love that we have for one another, the, the brotherly love, right? That's how they know our, uh, uh, Jesus' disciples. Sorry, I got tongue-tied. All right, so... I want to mention one of the biggest takeaways. Numbers 2012, you don't have to go there. Numbers 2012, my wife preached on this, and God instructs Moses to speak to the rock for water to flow out. Again, Moses doesn't obey. What does he do? He strikes the rock twice. What happens? He does not, he says, you will not enter the promised land. Bro, this is Numbers 20. He goes through Deuteronomy and prepares the next generation to enter with Joshua to enter the promised land. But he's not going to go. 
And he still remained faithful to God and prepared the next generation that was going to enter the promised land. Man, if that, if that doesn't get you excited, man, that people in the Bible that are still alive today, not still alive, that are still able to be like those people, man, we, we got we to gotta change our way of thinking. Oh, you know what, God? I didn't get that position, so I'm just going to go to another church. You know what, God? I didn't get what, that, what I wanted, so I'm just not going to serve anymore. Man, we got to get out of ourselves. We got to stop thinking about, oh, what am I going to get from this? You know what? What glory can I bring to the kingdom of God? Because that is above myself. Anytime you are involved in an equation, it's probably a bad equation because you're thinking, what am I going to get? Amen. And that wasn't in my notes, bro. So that's God. So you know, so you know, I'm giving credit where credit is due. <laughs> so, um, but man, again, Moses fails. I'm like, dang, Moses, like, get it right. And then I kind of slapped myself like, bro, you get it right. <laughs> All right, you get it right too. You, he ain't the only one, right? We want to read these, these Bible stories, or not stories, because they're not stories. We want to read this history and be like, man, what was wrong with these guys? But we don't, we fail to see the comparison of our lives. Like, bro, you, he going to be like, bro, you was the same way, bro. Stop it, bro. Let me, let me tell you about your life while I was up here, right? But I think it's awesome that he remains faithful. Even, even though he failed, even though he did wrong, he still did what he had to do, right? So let this be an example to all that may fail. God, we fail him daily. Who don't fail God daily? Raise your hand. I said, who does not fail? <laughs> so like, <laughs> me? Nah, we all fail. <laughs> it was a ton of, no, we all fail God daily, right? There's nothing. The day we get up, Pastor Ryan, you get up and say, man, I'm going to fail God today. No, you don't. You're like, God, give me the strength to get through this day. Give me my daily bread. Give me what I need to get through this day. Give me the patience with these kids. Give me the patience with this wife. Give me the patience with these people. Not Pastor Ryan. Not Pastor Ryan. I'm saying like in general. That was really me. I just kind of threw him in there with me. (laughs) My kids are gone. No, but man, we want to be prepared the best way we can for the day in front of us. And guess what? Sometimes it just ain't enough. We fail. Let me tell you something. God still used Moses, man. He failed to obey multiple times. He failed to do the right thing multiple times. And guess what? He used him. Disclaimer. That does not mean go out there and be like, yeah, I'm good. Pastor Brandon said I can go and do wrong and then I'm good. He's going to use me like Moses. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. Remember the whole deal I gave you about wanting to do right? You can't be habitual, man. If you fall, get back up. Amen? So, let this be an example no, I already did that. So now the Israelites will wander in the wilderness. For every day they, they spied on the land, it, it was equivalent to one year. So they were in the wilderness for 40 years. Everyone who was in that generation did not enter. They passed away. They died. They did not enter. Right? Only two people did. That's Caleb and Joshua. Right. So, okay. Here we go. I want to do an illustration. So what I want to do. Earlier I mentioned Hebrews 11, 1 through 2, and that it, was, it is what is known as the definition of faith, but I want to elaborate a little bit more on this. It's gotquestions.org, but I liked it. Really charismatic. It's cool. I liked it. So check it out. So faith contains two aspects. One, intellectual assent. Don't worry, I got you. Acknowledgement. Synonyms, baby. I love it. Right? So acknowledgement, number two, is Trust. So a chair can be used to illustrate this. I'm sorry. So we see a chair, right? Intellectual assentment, acknowledgement is recognizing that a chair is a chair and agreeing that it is, it is designed to support a person who sits on it. That's acknowledge, right? Acknowledgement, intellectual assent. Trust 
is actually sitting in the chair, right? Being a guy of my stature, I got to check the chair sometimes, right? <laughs> Just saying, bro. If it looks sketchy, I may not trust it. The trust is not there. I do believe someone can sit in that chair, just not me. Amen? All right. So before my final point, I want to do an illustration. I want to ask Pastor Ryan and Pastor Danny to come up. Give them a round of applause, man. Let's go. Yeah. All right. So I meant not to do this, and I still did it. I need two blindfolds of some type. Can somebody get that for me? I apologize. No, I'm just kidding. So what we're going to do, we're going to illustrate something. And I got a couple of guys that will be helping me out in a minute. We're going to blindfold these guys. All right. A mask. Hey, bro, COVID, man, come on. Come on, bro. You've been breathing in that mask. COVID, man. All right. Yeah, bro, I believe it's a mask. I don't believe it's from my face, my eyes, right? All right. So can you see? Yep. Can you you see now? No. All right. He can't see. All right. So y'all are both blindfolded, right? All right. Now, step this way for me. Face the crowd. Step this way. Step this way. Step a little closer. Man, he is ripped. All right. Stand right there. All right. Stand up right here. All right. Come on. So here we go. Here you go. So intellectual ascent is knowing that there's a chair there and then it's able to be sit, right? Right? But trusting that the chair's going to hold you is a whole nother ballgame. So now both men are wearing blindfolds, right? So I'm going to start with Pastor Ryan. I'm going to have him sit down. Go ahead. Have a seat. All right. Whew. All right. Now, Pastor Danny, there's a chair behind you also. Have a seat. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I forgot to go over the rules. <laughs> he was not supposed to reach back. <laughs> okay. All right. Take off your mask. All right. Pastor Danny was the only one wearing a mask. Correct? We agree? Pastor Ryan wasn't. What was the difficulty for you sitting down? There was no difficulty. Amazing. Immaculate. He's amazing. All right. Now, what happened for you? To sit down, what was the difficulty? There was no difficulty once I knew it was there. <laughs> it's not what he meant to say. Tell him what you meant to say. It was very hard. Very hard yeah. <laughs> All right. Give him a round of applause. Come on. <laughs> All right. You can take it down. All right. So when we see something and we know that it's there, it's very easy to trust what it will do. Right? But can I tell you that sometimes when it comes with God, you may not see it. He may call you to do something that is courageous and bold and there's no funds and there's nothing there. There's no building. There's nothing there that you're going to need to be able to do. There's no finances. There's no funds. There's nothing. But the, the, the funny thing is God calls you to be whether you can see or not see to follow the same. And that's faith. Right? So what was it? 11, 2. I always mess it up so I don't want to try to do it. Romans 11, 1, 2 says, Now faith in the assurance of things hoped for he, he hoped there was a chair, right? But the conviction of things not seen. He couldn't see that chair. He hoped there was one there. I wanted him not have it there a little fall, but I went to like that. <laughs> Reverence for our pastor, right? No, but it was there. He trusted that I wouldn't do it. I was supposed to tell him, don't reach back and don't try to touch. And that would have been even harder because then, you know, you're having to trust 
that I put a chair behind you. And that's sometimes the same thing. You have to trust that God is preparing your steps. You have to trust that God is going to be there behind you when you go forth. That when you stand alone, when 10 other people who are trying to tell you that there's, it's not good for us to be in, but the two who are there, they should have been even bolder. God honored them, right? But they should have been even louder and more bold to say, you know what? No, we have to. We have to go into that land because I trust God. Amen? So, moving on. My third and final point is uh, faith reigns supreme. Amen? It reigns supreme. When you have faith, I remember when I would talk to people and I didn't know God. I was more agnostic, like ignorant, really, but whatever. No, I wouldn't even say ignorant. I guess I would say ignorant. But I was agnostic and I would be like, man, they're like, just have to have faith. I'm like, you say that so easily. Like, like faith is just, ah, uh, there you go. No, it's not, bro. I can't have faith because you tell me to have faith. It's something that you build. It's something that you walk with God and it helps build your, your faith. Believe me, I can't, and, and T.D.J. said this, he's like, so many times people want to go from the valley to the mountaintop, but they don't want to go through that process. But let me tell you, before you get to the mountaintop, or when you do, there's another mountaintop you got to go to. And if you don't know how to get to that first mountaintop, how are you going to get to the second mountaintop? Right? So you got to trust his process. You got to be willing to know that he's behind you. You have to be willing to take those steps. Amen? So we repeatedly see in the Bible kings failing, priests failing, right? People failing. But every time someone rises up, whatever it may be, King David, Saul with David, Paul, the disciples, Samuel, Elijah, someone always rising up that found favor in God's eyes to do the will of the Father. Amen? So now who do we see rising up in this time? Joshua was uh, Moses' assistant. He was Moses' assistant, right? He was also one of the two guys that came back that gave a true testimony of what he saw. So these two gentlemen, when everyone else did not enter the promised land, including Moses, these two gentlemen are the only ones that did. So in Joshua 1-2, you can turn to it. Joshua 1, 1-2, I'll read it to you. It says, now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, not Moses, the guy who didn't do what God instructed him. Moses, the servant of the Lord. Amen. And it says that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses servant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, cross the Jordan, you and all this people to the land which I am given to them, the sons of Israel. So we started off them leaving Egypt. They come to spy the land. They do wrong. The instruction was wrong, right? The reports were wrong. So they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years because of those things. And then when everyone had died from that generation, now Joshua leads the Israelites. And, he, and God says what? Now you are my lead man. You're the guy. And you're going to lead him into the promised land. So, when we honor God, he honors us. When we do the will of the Father, he will honor us. God is faithful. They enter the promised land. It doesn't get easy. Just so you know, it does not get easy. Because they have a lot of work to do. That's just them entering the promised land. Now they got to go through everything that's there that they already knew. Man. Read Joshua 5 on your own time, if you want. Because you see there, there's a man, he comes, or you see a, someone comes before 
uh, Joshua. And I didn't want to go through this, but man, I think it's just awesome. So you see a man who comes to Joshua, and it's, it's the commander of the Lord's army. That's what it says. Bro, come on. Bro. Joshua said, whose side are you on? Are you on my side or on our adversary's side? Bro, you just spoke to the commander of the Lord's army, bro. And then he sees, he says, I am the commander of the Lord's army. He fell on his face. I learned something in class. There's only one person, it's an angel, and he's able to receive worship. And that is the commander of the Lord's army. Who was the commander of the Lord's army? It's capital C, by the way. That's it. Jesus. So, I thought that was awesome. You want to read it? Read it. The word, man, let me tell you something. When you start preparing the word of God, it comes to life, man, because you start seeing things and, and it just, man, I was, I was like, man, I think I was last night. I got home at like six. I didn't go to sleep till like midnight. I'm like, man, that's good. That's enough. Let's stop. You're good. It's good. I just kept going and going because it's like I'm a little kid. You know, I just want more. Like, I, it, it, you rekindle a flame, and God's like, oh, yeah, I got you. Come on. Keep going. Don't stop. The object is, now that I'm done preaching, is to keep going, right? Because then I have to teach and then preach again. So, man, don't get tired of it. Man, I'll tell you what. I tell my dad. This is what happens when I read the Word of God. When, uh, my wife really, will, she'll see me. I'm laying in bed. I'm like, I'm going to read the Word of God. And I'm laying down. Don't lay down and read the Word of God. I'm reading, and then I'm like, <laughs> my head's on the Bible. She's like, you're not even reading. I say, yes, I am. <laughs> I'm in deep thought. The scripture, you know, get up. Get out of your comfort zone. You know how deep that is? In my comfort zone, if I'm laying on my bed, reading the Word, I'm fatigued. I'm tired. I'm comfortable. I'm ready to go to sleep. But when I get out of my comfort zone, See, when I'm in my group, in my comfort zone, I do things dumb. But when I'm not in my comfort zone, it's like, okay. So this is what it's like sitting down reading, you know. <laughs> this is what it feels like, right? You get out of your comfort zone. On Wednesdays, this is what we do for class. A lot of you can attest to it. On Wednesdays, we now break up just for, you know, the section we're doing. We break up people. So if you come in like a group of two or a group of four, we're like, yes, we're breaking you up. Because we, we create like three or four groups and then we go over topics and then what we do is we're, causing, allowing, we're forcing them because even adults are like kids. I don't want to talk to them. I want to stay where it's comfortable. We break that group up to different people. Guess what? Now you're starting to see how that person thinks. You're starting to see where they are. You know where, where they are in their walk and then you start coming full circle and they're on topics that are difficult. So that's even better. It's like, <laughs> look how uncomfortable they are. It's awesome. But they're, but they're embracing it and they're loving it. So getting out of your comfort zone is where it's at. Amen. All right, a side note. Deuteronomy is an awesome book. It really is. Whenever Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, and I think that's funny, it's the wilderness, right? Deuteronomy is a book where they're in the wilderness waiting for the 40 years to pass, right? And Jesus being in the wilderness, when Satan tempts him, do you know what book he references? Deuteronomy, all three times. When he tells him, I can't, I'm not going to go. What did you tell him? He, he tempts him to what? To uh, turn the rocks to loaf for bread. He references Deuteronomy. Throw yourself down. The, the angels will come to you. He references Deuteronomy. If that doesn't give you like, man, I need to read this book. Because if Jesus referenced that book when Satan tempted him, what book should you be reading and referencing back to say when he comes and tempts you? Come on. The Bible is alive. The word is real. Amen.
Deuteronomy is, is, in the New Testament is referenced back to 80 times. 80 times. Man, if y'all don't go home and read that book, God's going to punish y'all. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Look at me. I'm just like Moses. Adding to it. All right. <laughs> so, in conclusion, there is so much to be said of the generations. We got the baby boomers, those old people. Now we got the next gen, the millennials, Gen Z, Gen A. And you know what? It's so ridiculous. I go on the internet, I'm like, okay, what are the age groups so I can know? They're all over the place. I'm like, man, I can't give nothing solid on this. It's, this one's 2010 to 2025. This one's 2011, 2020. I said, well, you know what? You know what I said? I'm done researching that. But you know they talk about? They talk about how less and less our world is becoming known of the Bible. They're not knowing the word of God. They don't know it. But you know what I say to that? It doesn't matter. I don't care. What I do care about is what are we going to do to prepare the next generation? What are you going to do to prepare the next generation? And let me, let, let me, let me remind you, the next generation is not just within these walls. The next generation are your kids' friends. The next generation are the kids in your children's school. The next generation are around this world. And we're so confined to this wall saying, what are we going to do for our kids? I just got to bring them to, 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 to Wednesday schools and Sundays. They're going to get it. Well, I tell you what, you're missing a part if that's what you rely on. Do you allow the world to raise your child? So why would you allow the church to raise your child? Your hands should be involved in everything that they do. And let me tell you something. The more I see I'm like, man, I failed as a parent. Like, I really did. Like, I'm like, man, you suck, bro. I mean, I had a tough story with my kids, and it's, it's not nobody else's fault, right? I take full blame. But my kids turned out all right, man. They're still jacked up. <laughs> but they're all right. <laughs> so, but, man, the next generation is in need of instruction. Not of the world's instruction. Not of someone's understanding of what the instructions are. God's instructions. Right? Don't be like the Israelites. Make sure you give that instruction the way it needs to be. If God speaks for you to give a word to someone, you speak that word the way it was given to you. Don't add to it. Don't let your emotion get involved. And it reminds me of Angel Martinez. Is it Martinez? Yeah. When he comes, he's like, bro, I don't want to know nothing about anything about you. I don't want nothing to tarnish what I'm about to do, what God is about to do through me. Because that's how humble that guy is. He's awesome. But it's the same concept. I don't want to know nothing. So when it comes, you're like, man, I didn't even tell that guy nothing. They're going into the postmodern world. That's, that's the worldview we're coming into. But let me tell you something. I'm not worried about what's coming next. What I worry about is how am I preparing my kids for what's coming next. Amen. You come up. Who's going to play on the keys? Um. This word is something, man, it, it's tough. It's a tough word, but I told my wife, I told Pastor, man, I want to have an encouraging word. And here it is. Don't misunderstand or don't misconstrue God's instructions. Say it right. You're going to reap what you sow. It's your choice to whether it be good or bad. If you're going to do wrong, you've got to be man enough or woman enough to deal with that later. If you're going to do right, God's going to honor you and do right by you. Right? And then faith reigns supreme, man. It's, you may think in your head, man, I don't, I don't see it, God. I really don't. I don't think it's going to happen. 
But you know what? I'm going to have faith that you're going to provide every step of the way. I'm going to have faith in the things that I cannot see because I know you're going to do something supernatural. And who knows, man, let me tell you something. The door that God opens, (laughs) no man, no demon, no spirit, Satan himself cannot close that door. It is open and it will stay open until God is ready to close that door. But let me tell you something. The door may open and if you don't have the faith, you're going to see that door and you're never going to cross that path. You're never going to cross that threshold because your fear, your doubt, your anxiety, the lack of of courage, the lack of believing in yourself. Doubt's going to come creeping in and you're going to stay on that side of the door and God's going to leave it open waiting. It could be 10 years down the road. God, where did you go? I'm on the other side of the door. Are you ready to cross that door? And I told my wife, I wanted to do an altar call. I said, I wanted it to be a different altar call because, let's stand, please. Because let me tell you something. Everyone in this room is battling something right now. Everyone in this room is battling something. I don't care how small or how great it is, but you know what? God cares. And altar calls are always like, well, come up. Just come up. No, I want you to come to these altars. But when you come to these altars, I want you to come expecting that whatever it is that's keeping you from walking with God, whatever it is that is distracting you from God, that you are willing to come to these altars having faith that when you leave it here, God will give you the strength to keep walking. You don't need that distraction. You don't need that blank. Whatever it is, whatever it is that you're struggling with, and I'm going to keep saying it because I want you to, I want it to come into your mind. I want it to come into your heart. I want you to see it because I can confuse you. I can make you think everything's all right. You can confuse me and make, think, make, make me think everything's all right, but you cannot confuse the Spirit of God. He knows you. You were made in His image. He knew you before you were in your mother's womb. Your spouse doesn't know you as well as he knows you. I'm going to pray. And then these altars will be open. Heavenly Father, we thank you, my God. I pray, Father, that we are bold enough, my God, to trust in you, Father. It's so easy to be weak. It's so easy to be lied to. It's so easy to be confused, my God. But if we know your word, Father, if we know what your word says, my God, those those things just seem to fade away because our eyes are focused on you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you enter this room. I pray that you enter into everyone here, my God, that you penetrate them, Father. Your word is like a double-edged sword, my God. And I pray that it cuts to the bone, Father, and they admit whatever it is because admittance is part of it. Repentance is a process. Sanctification is continuing to stay clean from it, my God. Heavenly Father, I pray that your spirit descend in this place as a gentleman not forcing his way anywhere but ready if we are willing to admit 
if we are willing to repent. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity. Heavenly Father, I pray that I gave the word the way you've given it to me. I love you, my Father, and I thank you for my brothers and sisters. We seal this word in your mighty son, Jesus' name, my God. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.